You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We do not know the future, but God knows the future. That's why you are here today. So that God can reveal to you, give you confirmation of the things that He has planned for you. Worrying about the future affects your judgment. Affects your way of thinking. It affects your decision making. Fear is more deceptive than Satan himself. Worrying about the future has a direct impact upon your future. Because you cannot make clear decisions. God gives us grace for every day. He daily loads you with the benefits for that day. Gives you the grace, the mercy to be successful in that day. To face the challenges of that day. So the grace for tomorrow's problems has not been given to you. His mercies are new every day. Did you hear what I say? You're moving outside of what God has given you. God gives you grace for today. To live today. So if you start worrying about tomorrow, you'll make wrong decisions. Because anxiety will grip your heart. Your judgment will not be what it's supposed to be. There's a lot of things that affect our lives. One of the things as we look at our situation, our circumstances from a natural point of view. You have things that you have to pay the end of the month. And people haven't paid you. It's a reality. But don't focus on the facts. Focus upon the truth. What God has planned for you. Because worrying about those things the whole time can cloud your judgment. You can very easily find yourself in a place where you want to fight fire with fire and expect water. God is aware of every need that you have. In Matthew 6, he says, God is aware that you have need of clothing, of food. All the things that those who are not saved run after and focus upon. He says, I know you also need those things. But I want you to first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added. Very few Christians today are seeking the kingdom of God. Very few are seeking the righteousness of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When you find yourself in the kingdom of God, even if there's things... From a natural point that would want to steal your peace. On the inside you'll be able to hold your peace. And say God you are in control. Make a way. Whereas the devil would want you to focus on the natural. He'd want you to focus upon your senses. What you see. What you hear. What you feel. Paul describes these things that we see. That we hear. Go to Galatians 5 quickly. Paul gives a very graphic picture of these things. 
And he says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Senses, in a better way, can just be defined as the flesh. What you see, what you hear, what you smell. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith is not a feeling. Because if faith is a feeling, when you're feeling good, your faith will be high. And when you're feeling not good, it will be low. And oftentimes, when you're not feeling good, is the time that your faith needs to be high. And because people base their faith on their feelings, their faith does this the whole time. They come to church, they say, oh, in the praise and worship today, I had goosebumps. I think my faith is medium. The previous week when I was here, I didn't have goosebumps, I had liver shivers. My liver was getting goosebumps on the inside. (laughs) And everything is on how they're feeling. If you feel good, your faith is high. If you feel down, your faith is low. But for our faith to be strong, to be constant, need to be based on something that's constant. The only thing that's constant, that's the same yesterday, today, and forever, is Jesus Christ. So our faith must be based on Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So if you want your faith to be strong, don't look at your situation, don't look at yourself, don't look at your neighbor, don't look at what you're feeling, but look to Jesus where the price was paid. All of us find ourselves at a place in our lives where you sometimes feel you're at the end of your rope. When you're at the end of the rope, it's time to grab onto faith. This will bring me to our sermon topic for today. Grab onto faith. Amen. Family, listen to me. If you want your faith to go from strength to strength, there's some things that you have to do. So let's just lay a foundation for the basics. Number one. Be very careful what you look at. Because your senses, your eyes, what you look at has an effect upon you. Turn to your neighbor and say, be very careful what you look at. Don't look at horror movies. You know, young people, listen to me. You know, this is the month of October. It's Halloween. Anton LaVey, the person who founded the Satanic Church, I think he also wrote the Satanic Bible, he says he's amazed how Christians allow their children to serve the devil at least one day a year by being partakers of Halloween. Don't be ignorant. I won't be a partaker of Halloween, but you watch all the Halloween movies. Young people, listen to me. Don't see... How many horror movies you can watch without getting scared? 
Do you really think you're a match for the devil? You're not. I can give you testimony after testimony of big men that just watched one horror movie and the demons we had to deliver them off. You're no match for the devil. The only person that could deal with the devil was Jesus himself. Amen. So be very careful what you look at. Because this is the window to your soul. If this is full of light, your heart can be filled with light. Your mind can be filled with light. But if you fill this with darkness, your heart gets filled with darkness. Your mind gets filled with darkness. The Bible warns us and he says, if you then think it's light, but it's actually darkness, how great is that darkness? You cannot say because you're 16 or 18, when a movie is 2 to 18, it's okay, I'll watch it. See, no, no, amens now. I'm 18, pastor. I don't care if you 81. Be careful what you look at. Because it affects your faith. It affects your believing. Let me just read the scripture to you. You can take it up with God and not with me. Amen. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That which you treasure, your heart will go there. If you treasure all these nonsense movies, your heart will go there. If you treasure all this nonsense music, your heart will be there. The new music that the kids listen to with this FFF in between the whole time. I mean, really. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What has light got to do with darkness? Nothing. Christianity is not the art of seeing how close I can walk to darkness without being in darkness. Christianity is walking in the light. Amen? Amen? Be careful what you listen to. Mark 4 verse 22, or 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Your thoughts have presence. Because your thoughts will affect your behavior and your future. So what you look at affects your thoughts. What you listen to affects your thoughts. And it has a direct impact upon your heart and your faith. You cannot listen to the nonsense music the whole time. And then on Sundays you want to come and wash yourself with some worship. What is it that you treasure? It's very quiet here this morning. We're talking about faith. Not just claiming it and framing it, but to align your heart with what you say so that you can have victory, so that your faith can please God. Your mind is almost the factory 
that keeps your thoughts and your way of thinking and your attitude and that gets affected by what you see and what you listen to. Many of you have never been in America, but you watch American movies, you listen to American songs, and then suddenly you have an American accent. Start behaving like some of the hip-hop guys. Be South African, man. And you say, no, it cannot affect me. It's affected you already. As a Christian that is seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, it means God will require of us to do things in the right way. Sometimes when you're not even aware of it, people are watching you to learn. Amen? There's God's way. Not seeing how much I can just get and take, but God's way. Amen? Listen what the Bible says. Micah 6 verse 8. A Christian should be very careful of what he does every day. Because God requires an account. He wants us to do the right thing at all times. Micah 6 verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord. If God has justified you just as if you have never sinned, then you should walk justly as well. If you believe that he who knew no sin became sin, so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then we should start acting and behaving and walking in righteousness. Because this little word righteousness is what affects most people's prayers. Let me just leave the scripture with you. It is the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. So there's a relationship between faith and righteousness. The good news is, this righteousness that we're talking about has got nothing to do with you. This righteousness is a gift that comes from God. I can see many of you are thinking, what is he talking about? That's why you have to be here for the next few weeks because I'm going to help you and show you how to exercise your faith in a way that it really pleases God. And not walk in presumption or walk in foolishness. But walk in faith. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 15 says, That which has already been and what is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. The enemy wants to influence you. The devil wants to influence you. The battle is usually in the senses. Your flesh. The way that you feel. You come here, you want to love Jesus, you want to be friendly, you want to loving God, loving people. And you walk in wanting to greet somebody and the person doesn't even see you. And immediately where you wanted to come and praise God, there's a battle between the senses. What's wrong with this person? Why aren't they friendly? What's their problem? And the battle in the senses. Amen? You don't have to raise your hand. But many times on your way to church or wanting to come to church, why is it that you and your family has a disagreement? Yes! It's the battle in the senses. Your flesh. How are you feeling? And you should get to a place where you look beyond those things. Because it's not about how you feel. Jesus is more interested 
in your eternal glory than what he is in your current comfort. I don't need an amen. And I just need heaven to say amen. Then I'm happy. Amen. I'm preaching word here. I'm not tickling your ears this morning. I want to help you so that your faith can move your mountains. The good news is, even if the enemy is coming against you to attack you, Jesus is greater than the enemy. The blessing is greater than the curse. Even in his strategy, when Peter was not even aware that the devil was planning to sift him, to come against him, to take him out. Jesus said to Peter, I've been praying for you. I know the future. You don't know the future. You've just had a revelation that I'm the Christ. You think you're there, Peter. The devil is coming for you. But I'm praying for you. I'm not praying that your problems will go away, Peter. I'm not praying that they will disappear. I'm not praying that somebody will send you a million rand or bring you a contract. I'm praying that your faith will not fail. I'm praying, Peter, that you will remain faithful. When they throw unrighteousness at you, I'm praying that you will remain faithful in righteousness. You know what his comment was? Lord, don't worry. Even if I have to die, I'm prepared to die. He was trusting in his own righteousness. He was trusting in his own ability. Many people fail because they say, my faith. Your faith, nothing. If it's your faith, why do we need Jesus? He says, I've been praying for you that your faith will not fail. I've been praying for you that you will remain faithful. When everything around you becomes unfaithful, I'm praying that you will remain faithful. When your faith is in your faith, when your faith is in your faith, you're bound to be disappointed. If your faith is in your faith, my faith is strong. If your faith is in your faith, you're bound to be disappointed. Your faith must be in one person and Jesus Christ. If it's in anything else, you're bound to be disappointed. It will not be able to stand the test of time. Luke 22 verse 31. Family, this battle is only for those that are seriously minded. You have to be serious. You have to be focused. Otherwise, this thing will just take you to one side. Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has demanded to come and sift you like wheat and test your faith. But I've prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this, after you've turned back to me and have been restored, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. Your human spirit will fail unless the Holy Spirit fills. Our victory is in Christ Jesus. 
Our victory is in walking with the Holy Spirit, in being faithful to Him. When the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith, because now they've heard Jesus, with faith everything is possible. With faith, like a mustard seed, you can move mountains. They said, increase our faith. Who of you want your faith to increase? Do you know what parable Jesus taught them? In being more faithful. The root word for faith and faithful is exactly the same. The more faithful you become with the things of God, the more your faith will increase. You cannot be unfaithful and have great faith. It's like trying to mix water and oil. They go hand in hand. You cannot say positionally and the righteousness of God and never experientially start to experience it in your life. What I mean by that? Every day you want to confess your sins and say, Jesus, forgive me, forgive me. I'll never lie again. But then you go and you lie immediately. Nothing has changed. You've not allowed the word of God to become an integral part of you, to change you, so that you can act with God, walk with God. You think it's a matter of combining your strength with God's strength. Faith is in God and God alone. True humility that draws the presence of God comes from a total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. It's very quiet here this morning, preaching on faith. Let me just give you some hope. The first time I went to synagogue, God had started to use me a little bit already. But when I got there, and I saw what God was doing there, it challenged my faith. A matter of fact, the one miracle that I saw, when I looked at this one lady and I thought they're going to, uh, the man of God was going to pray for her, when I looked at this woman, it felt as if my faith was running out of my whole system, out of my feet onto the ground. Because my faith was in my own faith. I had to learn that lesson. That when you pray for somebody or a situation... And it's not changing. Don't look more at the situation to see if it changes. It's at that time when you look towards the cross where the price was paid in full. When people seek healing or deliverance or breakthrough, they say, if I can just get this job, it will be the end of my problems. If I can just get this promotion, it will be the end of my problems. If I can just find a husband or a wife, they think it's the end. It's not the end. Your deliverance and your healing is a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Healing that people seek. Deliverance that people seek. Breakthrough that people seek. Jesus Christ died for it on the cross. What they're actually looking for is Jesus. 
But because they are focusing upon their senses and they don't realize how much they need God, they think, if I can just get money, if I can just get a husband, if I can just get breakthrough. If you get those things, how will you maintain it if you're not walking with Jesus? Ask anybody who's prayed for children or has prayed for a husband or has prayed for a big promotion. Once you have the child or the wife or the husband or the bigger job, you'll need God more. You'll be praying more. You have children. Are you praying less now for the children or more for the children? More. You that got married, are you praying more for your spouse or less for your spouse? More. What's God saying to you? After you get it, you'll need him even more. There's hope. There's hope. Amen. Your senses will always point you to the visible things, the things that you can see. I've not got a husband yet. I feel so lonely. I've studied and I've worked so hard. And I don't have a job. You don't know what working hard is. Wait till you get the job. God is having grace with you to prepare your heart in the season. Okay, you that have studied and thought you worked so hard. Now that you started working, what was tougher? Studying or the job? The job. Yes. Because there you had a lecturer who wanted to help you to pass. Now you have a boss that's under pressure himself and he's just putting that pressure on you. Hmm? Where do you need more faith? To pass your subject or to work? You need faith to get up and say, I have to go back and work there now. And still love the boss. And still pray for the boss. You're all very quiet here. Can you see why you need faith? Can you see why you shouldn't look at your natural situation, what you visibly see with your eye? Because behind all of that, God is busy working. If Joseph had looked at his natural situation when he was in prison, he would have fallen in despair. But he said, I know where I belong. He had a vision. He said, I know the vision God gave me, the word that God gave me. And I'm holding on to that. Faith is the thing that deals with the things that we cannot see with our natural eyes. Faith relates to the invisible. The one thing that will help you more than anything is to have a vision. That's why we put this here so that you can read it. That's why I put pictures here for some people that don't like to read. Hello? Put pictures here for those that don't like reading so they can see the building. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Write it down. Make it plain. Make it simple. Now you sit here and you see that. And what you see starts affecting your mind. Oh, these people are actually going to build a church. They started cleaning. Show you the video. Doing vision casting to give you hope to see. We're going to move from the school hall to our new building. But if you just see the school building the whole time and you just see us packing up and packing out and packing in, 
After a while, you're in a mindset of just backing in and backing out, backing in and backing out. Let's go to the school hall again. Let's go home again. Let's go. Where's your church? School hall church. Amen? Yes. That's why we have to do some vision casting with you. What did Jacob, when he was working for his brother, his, his uncle, cheating him, taking advantage of him, what did he do with the goats? He took the reeds. Kept them plain when they had to be plain. Made spots, carved in little marks in them so that when they came and they drank water or eat, the goats would look at the reeds and they would see the spots. And when they saw the spots, it affected them. And when they gave birth, they gave birth to little lambs with spots. If it works for goats, it will work for you. Amen. It actually works better with sheep. But even the world applies this principle. Write down the vision. Make it clear where you can see it. David had to face Goliath. But he believed in the vision. He knew who God was. He wrote his character test with the bear and with the lion. And when he had to face Goliath, he had a vision, he had a picture I've killed a lion with my God. I have a picture of it in my mind. I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. The same anointing and grace and faith that killed the lion and the bear. I'm going to kill this giant now as well. The same anointing that killed the lion and the bear is the same anointing that kills giants. The same faith, his trust in God that killed the lion and the bear will kill your giant. Hannah, caught up in barrenness. The words spoken by the man of God gave her vision, gave her hope. In that moment of sorrow, she said it's sweet. She looked beyond her natural situation, didn't focus upon her senses. Job looked beyond his natural situation, was focused upon what God said. I opened this morning the prayer meeting. When he prayed for his friends, God restored double. There's no greater way of expressing your love than by praying for somebody. And faith works through love. Many of you have not seen your restoration because you still hate too many people around you. You still have too much unforgiveness towards your friends. God says, my way See, not one amen now. You don't know what they did to me, pastor. You don't know what they did to me. Not once, not twice. I'm telling you more. I cannot count on my hands how many times. You're focusing upon your senses. You're focusing upon what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've been feeling. Get heaven's opinion about your situation. Faith operates in the invisible. Faith sees the invisible. Faith believes the impossible. Faith receives the incredible. Faith does not look at the natural. If you look at the natural, fear will grip your heart. What did the man of God say to his servant? Those that are for us are more than those that are against us. 
And when God opened his eyes of faith, fear left his heart. But while you're looking at the natural and you see all the armies coming, fear will grip your heart. But when God opens your eyes of faith, you'll see things will change. Say, Lord, they're taking all the good opportunities. Abraham, God was in covenant with Abraham. He took Lot with him. Lot took the best of the promised land. When he looked and he saw, it's fruitful over there. There's water. It's blessed. Okay, Abraham, I'll take that. You can take the desert. Go read it. When Lot had departed, God said to him, lift up your eyes. And when he lifted up his eyes, that look of faith said, there's the promised land. It's there where I'll bless you. God says exactly the same to his disciples. He says, lift up your eyes. See that the harvest is ready. Don't say people won't get saved now. Lift up your eyes and see. The look of faith brings change. Not looking at the situation from a natural point of view, but getting God's opinion about that situation. When you have God's opinion about a situation, the situation is about to change. When you have God's opinion about a situation, you'll see that you are blessed already. You'll see that you are healed already, that you are delivered already. That's why he says, let the sick say, I'm healed. Let the poor say, I'm blessed. That's faith. Some of you need to change your confession over your children, over your family. I once sat in a church and I saw a vision. In the time of worship, I saw the church and on every member in the church, I saw a golden crown. And I said, yes, Lord, that's your church. We are king's kids. But then God took me into the world and I saw the whole earth and I saw a golden crown on every person's head. I said, God, but that's not right. How can the whole world have a golden crown? And he said, they are all king's kids. They just don't know it. That person that's sinning, that family member that's bound in sin. Has God not died for their sin? He's died for their sin. A matter of fact, Christ has dealt with sin once and for all. He's removed the handwriting, the accusation that's against any person. He's removed all of that. People don't go to hell because of sin. You tell people, you're sinning, you're going to go to hell. People don't go to hell because of sin. People go to hell one day. Because they don't put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ and acknowledge that he's the Savior. You need faith to believe that he's your Savior. You need faith to believe that his righteousness has become your righteousness. You need faith to believe that he has removed your sin and placed it upon himself. And his righteousness has become your righteousness. You need faith. The right kind of faith. Faith brings that which is in the future, which you are hoping for brings it closer just like this. Remember David, when he was facing Goliath, and Goliath said to him, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. You're going to die today. He said, no, no, no. That's your confession from the realm of defeat and failure. This is my confession from the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. You've not come against me. You've come against my God. I'm going to kill you today. And I'll feed your flesh to the birds of the air. 
When you have that kind of faith, you'll not sit here and wait and say, giant come. David took the battle to him. He was running towards him with his faith acts now. It believes now. It receives now. When your confidence is in God, you'll feel that faith will rise up. Your confession will change immediately. Your confession will give you possession. Because he found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus, he said exactly the same as what the giant said. But if he had been focusing on his senses, he would look at the size and say, you are big. Yes, you can kill me. But no. He found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus and he said, no. Here's the truth. You might be declaring facts that you're bigger than me. Here's the truth. What my God has said is settled in heaven. Amen. Hebrews 11. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. Hope is always in the, fe- in the future. I'm hoping for things to change. I hope I get the job. Hope is always in the future. Faith is always now. That's why when we pray, we receive now. Anybody can jump up and down and say, thank you, Jesus, tomorrow. But it's the man praying now that starts thanking Jesus is the man and woman of faith. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. The thing that keeps us from despair is not what we see. It's what we believe. The thing that keeps us from despair is not what you see, is what you believe. It's not the fact that you see, I don't have a husband yet, but the fact that you believe God is busy preparing him for me. Faith acts now. It believes now. It receives now. One of the principles for faith to be activated in your life is to have a vision. The Bible says, write it down and make it plain. Then start to declare it and to confess it. Because there's power in your words. Don't just say what you want. Make sure it lines up with the word of God. Remember, even when God created, He didn't speak one word into existence until the Holy Spirit was on the scene. When God is with you, when the Holy Spirit is with you and you declare you'll see change. But when you're doing it out of your own strength, because you want to just do it, you'll get frustrated. Turn with me to Hebrews 11 verse 6. I'm closing. It's God's words coming forth over David's lips. That gave him an overcoming and victorious spirit. That as a five foot something young boy, he could kill a giant. He could be a giant slayer. 
but he knew he had to walk with God. Remember when he had sinned, old covenant, old covenant, his righteousness was removed from him. So the Holy Spirit could not be with him. What did David pray in Psalm 51? Do not let your spirit depart from me. Why? Because he knew his friend who was the giant slayer, the Holy Spirit, if it was not there, he would be vulnerable. But even though he was short and small, with the Holy Spirit he could face giants. But when he knew the Holy Spirit had departed, he knew he'd be in trouble. I'm not even touching on Samson. Samson who did great things for God because of his disobedience had to pay the price. The sad thing about Samson, you can go read it, the Holy Spirit had departed from him and he did not even know it. So he was still doing all these charismatic things in the church. This is the day, this is the day. And God had departed. And he was thinking he was busy with all these activities and God is with him, but God wasn't with him anymore. Because of disobedience. Acts 5 teaches that God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey Him. It's about obedience. I don't want to go too deep into that today. But know that as you make the Word of God your own, you believe it and you receive it. And you allow the Word to change your way of thinking talking make a decision to be careful what you look at what you listen to because all those things affects your faith and without faith it's impossible to please god hebrews 11 verse 6 and without faith living within us it would be impossible to please god for we come to god in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who truly seek him not just coming and wanting to serve god but truly seek him the bible says the eyes of god are upon those with a loyal heart towards him the spirit of god is moving to and fro all over the earth looking for those with a loyal heart towards him loyalty speaks of faithfulness if you want your faith to increase, make a decision. Become more focused to increase your faithfulness. Why is it that the deacons, the ushers that are helping and serving, they are faithful in a small assignment that their faith will rise to a new level? They are applying the right principle to become more faithful. Become more faithful in every area of your life. At work, be the person there that's early. Be the person that's doing more. Become more faithful and you'll see what God will do to your faith. God promotes through faithfulness. If you have a word from God, a vision from God, a Joseph where God has shown you something, that prophetic picture, keep it in front of you. As you keep it in front of you and you look at it the whole time, it will affect your behavior. It will affect everything about you. 
when you see it and you believe it, you start to confess it, you'll see change. Because this is how faith works. If you want to confess it, that confession needs your heart's full agreement. That faith comes from your heart. Then even when the situation looks like it's turmoil, you have peace. And you can declare God's word in that situation and you'll see change. You'll see mountains move. You'll see God make a way where there seems to be no way. When you're at the end of your rope, grab onto faith. And look to the cross where the price was paid. And you'll see what Jesus will do for you. Even if you're being tempted and tested by the devil, remember Jesus himself is interceding for you right now. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.